This is part two of the Eric Polly episode, sideline reporter for our Wyoming Cowboys football team. We discuss how he developed his love for baseball, how he adopted his team, his affinity for shot put and discus, and much more. Enjoy. All right, I'm done with the Steelers. The next one is really what I want to talk to you about because I had no idea about this. And living in Wyoming, I have very few people that I can talk about hockey with. Um, So I'm super excited to find out that you're a Penguins fan. Obviously, locale was a big thing for you. Um, This is where I am beyond spoiled as a fan base because all of their Stanley Cups have obviously been in our lifetime. Right. and again, generational talent is unreal. So I can't say enough about that. But um, I guess to start off with, what is your favorite Pittsburgh Penguins uh, a moment, I guess? So for me, man, favorite moment. Whoa. I guess, so first, let me tell you why, how I became a fan of hockey, right? I became a fan of hockey because of Olympic hockey. And... Yeah. And that was that was the starting point for me. Like I wasn't always an NHL fan, and and you know, growing up in proximity to Pittsburgh, uh, you know, I grew when I was I, I grew up around Super Mario. Do you know what I mean? And like, sure, uh, you know, uh, Yarmir, and, and you know these guys that you know he's still playing. By the way, oh yeah, it's yeah. Unreal. did you do you know why he's still playing? That's well, my favorite thing about him. I absolutely what? love the man for yeah, starters. He's but... like fifty years old. He's still at it. It's crazy. Right, he won't quit because he's worried if he leaves the team, their funding will go for the team, and that right. they have to drop out of the league. So he's like, "I'll play till I die." Right. This is my, one of my favorite sports facts. Right, is that so? The, the guy is is you know if if you if you look him up, it'll say that he's Czech. Right. He's been right. playing hockey since before Czechoslovakia broke up. Exactly. <laughs> and so, like, uh, he, it was Czechoslovakia, you know, like, and, and then, it, so, like, that's just great. You know, it was, like, 96 or whatever when that happened. So he's still been playing. But He um, has the craziest stats. Last oh. year was the first time that the Stanley Cups happened without a player in the Stanley Cups that he played with in his yeah. career. I remember that's that. Insane. Yeah, I remember that tidbit. That wasn't. That's just crazy to think about. And also, I mean, that mullet was just oh, yeah, a thing of thing of beauty for so many years. So. It's never been outdone. It, that is the gold standard. Yeah. If you, if you want to, kids out there, if you want to go into hockey and you want to go somewhere, you better yeah. start that haircut today. I think. I think my yeah. favorite moment in 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 Pittsburgh, it, it, for me, like I told you, I became a hockey fan kind of later in life. And it, it came from Olympic hockey. And then I also, I, I dated a girl that was, uh, she lived in Vancouver, Canada. And then a bunch, you know, I, I was there for some, lived there for some time. And I had a bunch of Canadian friends, like hockey is life in Canada, right? And so, oh, yeah. um, you know, I couldn't talk the CFL with these guys that wanted to talk about the NHL, right? And so that's how I became a fan of hockey. And uh, on the international level, watching Canada and the USA do battle for, you know, it, it's, I love that so much. But uh, you know, probably my favorite moment was watching, you know, Sid get his first, right? Because the expectations of Sid the Kid, right, were, I mean, think about it. That's, you are so, so young when you come into the league and you have the pressure of an entire organization on you and you're playing a sport where it's legal to fight each other, right? And so you're the pretty boy on the other team that everybody sure. hates and you know you got a target on your back and he rose to the occasion and like seeing him get his first Stanley Cup and like raising that, it's just goosebumps to me. And a lot of people For hate sure. Sidney Crosby. You know, a lot of people hate him because he's not, 
he's not like a tough guy of hockey does that make sense like he's he doesn't fit the mold of the people that are like you know the bruisers right or even even yeah yeah for sure sure. and so i think watching him raise that is probably where that moment sticks out for me because i didn't appreciate hockey enough in the 90s with lemieux and and, all those guys to really you know feel it like watch it and feel it you know and so that's why it's a little more fresh to me no, that it's it's a good point. Even me, I mean, I was watching hockey, um, you know, back in the Mario days, but I was so young. It's not like it. You don't get the gravity of what you were really watching. Um, right. I actually love that you chose that first Stanley Cup because for me, I was a big uh, Mark Andre Fleury fan. I'm a big goalie fan, so that dude still to this day. I mean, he can do no wrong in right. my opinion, but. Um, I still, and I mean, they, you know, all of his autographs that he sells these days, you know, it's, it's this same image, but it's, it's that game seven against the Red Wings when he finally, when he made that last save and he's all spread out right in front of the goal. It's, it's my very, it's my all time favorite hockey photo ever taken. Iconic. Um, For a lot of reasons, everybody I grew up with is a Red Wings fan. Um, you know, losing to them the season before was just <laughs> gut wrenching. Um, so to come back, you know, same thing. That first cup was just unreal. Um, man, I'm just pumped that there's another Penguins fan around. It just <laughs> I just so happy. I got the commemorative pucks for the Stanley Cup sitting in my office in there. I didn't. I didn't even think about that. I should have done this on the, on my phone. I could have shown you guys all that stuff. I got a I got an office full of sports memorabilia in there, but you would appreciate oh. from a Pittsburgh standpoint. Next time, I uh, I went down I went down that rabbit hole this past year, and I wish Actually, I wouldn't have. That. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I need I need to calm it down. But um, <laughs> a, a couple more things. I don't know if you saw that we we extended Mike Sullivan. Um, I don't think it's any kind of a surprise, but I am absolute fanboy of Mike Sullivan. Um, you know, some of it's being you know American-born coach and and all the success that he's had, and obviously being it with the Penguins, but. Um, I guess I wanted to see your opinion and I think I know it, you know, I know, you know, knowing you and knowing your opinion of the Penguins, but it's kind of back to that spoiled fan base, but we have that tripod still together. Um, I mean, Malkin can frustrate the hell out of me on a daily basis, but he's still impactful. He's still part of that tripod. So to have those three together and have Mike Sullivan, I mean, I guess, what are your thoughts? I mean, are you just beyond thrilled? Do you think that window is still there? Uh, you know, do yeah. you think the time's passed? Well, and, and no, I don't. Um, and like it, to compare it to, to someone else, or not to compare it to another sport, but, you know, a lot of people felt, and, and I'm not saying these are the same in any way, shape or form, but like a lot of people felt that way about Kobe Bryant, right? And and the, the LA Lakers and like, is he going to get another one? Is it going to happen? Is he going to get another one? Yeah. And like, it took a while, but it was there, right? And then same thing, like San Antonio and the NBA did that where like they, oh, they yeah. took a hiatus for five years and then came back and won a bunch of championships. And so uh, if you have a guy that comes in as a head coach and has the success that he has immediately, the, and again, this comes back to like being rational and having expectations, right? As a fan base. But you have a guy that comes in, has a ton of success, is able to keep a bunch of superstars happy playing on a team together, right? 
And, uh, you know, we, we have hardware to show for it, right? And so to extend that guy's contract to me is a no-brainer because the amount of risk you take in thinking that you're going to find somebody better, whoa, man, you bet, like, for sure, you're playing roulette there. Like, that's, that's, it says that's a lot. Really thing. It says a lot in the NHL because uh, Bill's a Sharks fan, by the way. Um, oh, he's, right. he's got a rough life. But um, just kidding. He made the comment because he, he doesn't – pay as much attention to hockey it's mostly playoffs and things like that um but he when that when we when the news broke that was his comment was he's like i usually only ever hear about coaches being fired and yeah that's kind of the case in most leagues but um it's you i mean you got a two or three year window on a lot of these teams and it's just constant turnover sure and it's i mean it's back to being spoiled but um i'm so excited uh you know, if, if it wasn't Fleury, Tanger's my guy. That's I love defensemen. Um, I wanted him and Crosby bad, keeping Malkin there too. Well, obviously Crosby wasn't going anywhere, but retaining those guys is something special. I think it's 17 years now, which is the yeah. record of across all major leagues. Um, just unheard of. It's, it's just crazy. Um, outside of that, though, for the Penguins, I don't know how closely you follow any offseason or, or stuff like that, but is there anybody that you're really excited about for this upcoming season? No, I and, and so I'd like to. I'm I'm that guy that watches. I I'm the guy that watches playoff hockey. Okay. Yep. And so to me, it, it's, it's not a bad thing. I get it. Yeah, and and like I, and like, I don't you know I, I feel this. We'll talk about baseball too, but baseball is almost this almost the same way for me because baseball like. I am so excited on opening day when baseball starts. Clearly right? not a Pirates fan. After the, <laughs> and then after the All-Star break, it kind of wanes for me until the playoffs start, you know, because a lot of the time stuff is basically already decided. Uh, and, and hockey gets that way for me sometimes too, right? But hockey seasons also coincide with, like, other things in my life, you know, to where yeah. I, I don't necessarily – and, like, for me to enjoy following a team, I need to be able to keep up on the team, right? Uh, which is what is so nice about being a Penguins fan, right? Is because you've had that core there for so long. <laughs> you can long. wait till the playoffs yeah. every year. And so for me, there is nothing more exciting. And, and people all the time that they're like, you're a hockey fan? It's like, I'm a playoff hockey fan. And, I, and, I, and I'm an Olympic hockey fan because that's what got, it, got me into it. But the dynamic of playoff hockey is the best playoff dynamic out of any professional sport. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, I would, I, would be, I would be lying to you if I said that I, I had you know, a grip on what the offseason was like for the NHL. Um, you know, I get my ESPN updates, right? I get the push notifications. I get those kinds right, of things, right, right. but I'm a playoff hockey guy. And, and to your point, though, that's completely understandable, too. Hockey is like it's under a smoke screen compared to, you know, the other major sports in at least the U.S. Canada right. is a whole other thing, but, um, you know, it, it's completely reasonable to be that way. And like you said, the overlap is hard. Um, I mean, I'm that guy. I literally watch all 82 and it is tiring at times, um, you know, especially when things aren't going your way. But like I said, I'm just pumped to see another Penguins fan. But um, <laughs> moving on to baseball, you alluded to it. Um, so I, I understand that you are a Boston Red Sox fan. Talk to us about that. How'd that happen? I've been, I've been waiting for this. Um, so my, my affinity for baseball, okay, so like as a kid, right, T-ball. Put that sucker on a team, man. Look yeah. out. All right. Now, now past that, uh, uh, things didn't go so great, right? Like, I, did, I didn't, I don't know, I never played baseball again after T-ball. Um, and I don't, I don't know, some of that was probably like, I don't know, I grew up idolizing my big brother, right? And my big brother played soccer. It's like I was going to go play soccer, you know? Um, 
And so my, my love affair with baseball, it went like this. Um, I was like 26, 27 years old when I left Green River to go work in Riverton. And I left in the summertime, and Legion Baseball is a huge deal up there. And so it the is. radio station uh, yeah, the radio station uh, covered the, the Riverton Raiders, right? And so my first year up there, I covered 72 Legion Baseball games. And I, was, wow. I, I covered every single game that that team went to. And they covered Little League, and they covered Babe Ruth games up there. I was like, you guys are going to pay me to do big Babe Ruth games? You're going to pay me to do Little League games? And so, like, I was doing, you know, somewhere around 150 baseball games a year uh, for, like, four years, right? And so I was all in at that point in time. Like, I'm going to be – I, I want to do sports play-by-play for a living, right? I want to get to the next level, and maybe it's in baseball, maybe it's in football, whatever it is. Uh, and so I was like, I'm all in on this, right? And so um, I did something like 4,000 miles that first year following the baseball team. Uh, and so everywhere I drove in between there, I was listening to baseball. I had the MLB app. You know, and so they have every single radio is, is on there. And so uh, it was Vince Scully's last year. So I was glued to that thing, you know. Oh, man. Um, and then uh, so th- this is how I became a Red Sox fan. OK, this actually happened before my love affair with baseball. I was playing men's league softball here in Sweetwater County. OK, I was playing with my friends and they got uniforms and, you know, we had their uniforms in our pants and stuff like that. And he goes, go pick out a black hat for any MLB team. OK, and that's what that's what our hats are going to be. All right. <laughs> And so I go to the pro image store in the mall and the only hat that fit my enormous head was, was a Boston Red Sox, Red Sox hat. And so that is literally how I became a Red Sox fan, but I bought in. That's awesome. Okay. And, and I was like, you know what, if I'm going to wear the hat, I'm going to know something about this team. Right. And so I started following it. We had the extra innings and all that kind of stuff. And so I watched a bunch of Red Sox baseball and, um, you know, I was able to, you know, again, like it's an easy team to like, cause there's a lot of history there. And that's a different thing in baseball sure. history in baseball is as old as time, you know? Yeah. Uh, You're talking and, 1900. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So, you know, all, all of those things. And, um, and so I started, you know, listening to Red Sox games when I was on the road, uh, you know, doing Legion baseball games. And it's, it's a weird thing to, to think about as a broadcaster in that first year, um, in that first year. I probably called more baseball games than I'll ever call football games. Yeah. Or in those first two years, for sure, I called more baseball games than I'll ever call football games. You know, we're doing 300 for games sure. in two years. And so baseball is different. It's a lifestyle. Um, being a fan of baseball is a lifestyle. Being a fan of the Red Sox is like, it comes with caveats of like, you got to hate the Yankees, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and like, for sure. you have to have certain opinions to fit in with people. And it's like, uh, you wear that hat and people have expectations of you being able to talk the talk. And I was like, well, if I'm going to be a fan, I'm going to learn about it. So that's how I became a Red Sox fan. It was because I have a big head. <laughs> that's uh, I, I actually really like hearing this because I was a, I was a late comer to baseball. Um, Bill's been trying to get me to the dark side for a while. And a handful of seasons ago, obviously, you know, Pittsburgh locale ended up going with the Pirates. I don't know why he didn't stop me, but. Um, I'm down the rabbit hole. I warned you. I warned you. You did warn me. Um, But, I mean, I am beyond down the rabbit hole. And as crazy as it is, I mean, it it might be the sport, like you said, just because of quantity. Honestly, it's what I follow more than anything else. Right. Um, That's just crazy. I like hearing somebody else that came into it late. Baseball, it it was this interesting thing coming into it late because – people that grew up playing the game had a very different, you know, they, they looked at me like I was stupid. Right. And, and when I first started doing play by play for baseball, you know, I would say things like, um, you know, uh, wide, you know, th- that pitch was wide and people were like wide, which way, you know, like that kind of thing. Cause I was just, you know, I, I didn't know inside, outside, yeah. that kind of stuff. Right. 
And 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 so like learning to to do baseball taught me so much about the game and why people are fans of it because it is so unique. Um, I agree. It is the only sport where the defense defense starts with the ball. That's crazy to think it's about. It's a crazy thing to think right? about. Yeah. So the defense starts with the ball. Uh, your coach wears a uniform. The umpires wearing a suit. What's happening here, fellas? You know, like it's it's this weird. It's very confusing. It's, it's it's old, you know, and that's what I well, love about it is. Uh, I love that take on game. it. Um, I was that guy ten years ago. I mean, I ran my mouth about baseball. Um, I did not give it the credit, you know, that it's it's due. Um, to to Bill's credit, you know, he, he got me into it, and once you start looking at all the nuances of the game, um, it's it grows on you, and you assimilate very quickly. Um, I mean, it's been, I guess, two years, three years now, and it's. I live and breathe it, and it's yeah. unfortunate. <laughs> and and the, if, if you're able to, when I attended my first game in person, like a professional game in person, you know, that was a big moment for me. But there was also like a time where it was a, a Legion baseball game in Riverton, Wyoming, where there might have been 23 people in the stands and then 20 more people in their cars out in the outfield. And the lights are on, and you could see the moths, and the sun is setting. And somebody had, people think I made the story up, but somebody had a radio sitting in this old wood bleachers and I was the guy on the radio and they were listening to the radio and the bleachers and I was like this is a piece of Americana that just slapped me oh, in the yeah. face. you know what yeah. I mean because people have been doing this for 200 years you know they come they watch a baseball game and they take it in and that's I started to appreciate that so much more of like uh that somewhere at some point in time somebody else was doing this 200 years ago you know it's wild to think about yep it's funny ago, that you mentioned Riverson because <laughs> two of my legit home runs were in Riverton and Roy Peck field. Yeah. We, oh, we okay. never found There's that little stream right behind yep. or right, right past the outfield. Yeah. We never found that one home run ball I hit and it was probably you cracked it into the irrigation. Ditch. I'm, I'm impressed. Well, All right. And you know, I'm, I'm a skinny guy. Like <laughs> in, in high school, I was probably one thirty ish and you know, five ten at, at the highest. So, um, yeah, no, Riverton always had a, a spot in my heart because every time we went there, I, I would just rake, and I don't know what it was about it. but <laughs> it, It's the Coors Field of, of yeah. the league. <laughs> yeah. But, no, that that's definitely a blast from the past. And, yeah, like Kyle said, he's he's assimilated quite well, and I'm, I'm one of those guys that baseball, like, even though the A's are doing awful this season, I think I've probably watched all but five games this season, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I live and breathe baseball, so. I have way too many streaming services. That's all I've, all I've learned over the last couple of years. For sure. Uh, we kind of got off topic of your Red Sox, though. Um, tell us about, I guess, what you think about them currently. Um, you know, who, who, who's, got, who's caught your eye player-wise as far as uh, I, I, so I, I was a Trevor Story fan before. You know, he, oh, he ended yeah. up being a, you know, yeah. so I was a fan there and that some of that came from playing fantasy baseball. Um, and then uh, my favorite thing, my favorite thing about baseball is statistics. It's, it's, it's crazy how much you can learn about the game and how much you can predict yeah. about the game uh, just by looking at the past. And I am fascinated by bullpens uh, with relievers. OK, and so this is this is the nerd in me. I don't know if you guys if you're going to go down a hole here. So don't blame me if you guys haven't been there before. Uh, but if you play fantasy baseball, 
or you follow baseball closely, if you've never been to closermonkey.com, you guys ever been to Closer Monkey? I have not. No, okay. So Closer Monkey check it is, out. is a website that tracks, basically saves and holds. Um, and he keeps updated. It's, it's a crew of people, but they keep updated lists of basically bullpens, right? Of, you know, who's the first guy out? Who's the second guy? Who's the third guy out? And then they also keep track of who pitched what day before that. And they'll, they'll give you for fantasy baseball what are called vulture save watches, which means uh, if you need to pick up a guy to win your weekly matchup to get a save or get a hold, they'll say this guy is going to be the guy tonight in, for the Dodgers. And he's, and he's right, like, a crazy amount of times. And so I got really into that because the dynamic of having a righty versus a lefty and, like, whether you believe in a righty versus a lefty, you know, that whole uh, <laughs> yeah. thought process that takes place for management. And some guys are, you know, and the other side of that, too, is, like, stealing bases. You know what I mean? Like, it's all a, you know, back in my day or here's what the data says kind of thing. And baseball has yeah. things that matter. Um, you know, gut feelings matter, right? And so the bullpen, you know, Chris Sale, you know, obviously injured and you know, dealing with that right now, but um, watching the way the bullpens develop and guys that work their way in the rotations and also people that end up doing, uh, you know, they have, they have a couple of guys that have ended up doing relief work and end up being starters, you know, and work their way into rotations that way. And so baseball for me, again, I can't sit down and watch every game um, because those first three weeks, I'm all about it, man. Like who's my team going to be this year. Right. And then the closer we get to the all-star break, it's, you know, those divisions get, they get some spread in them by that time, right? And you're like, this is our year. This is not our year. This is not our year. Um, and so, you know, by the time the all-star breaks hit, sometimes I burn out on baseball until we get to the playoffs, right? And so, um, but, you know, Story's my guy to watch there. I, he's like an easy guy to root for. And oh, fans, yeah. I think he's everybody likes Story. So. Yeah. It, Red Sox have not had a good year. I mean, <laughs> they're uh, one of the higher. We all have that in common. Well, yeah, but you know his his owner is actually willing to spend, unlike ours. So, yeah, touche, touche. Although it didn't translate to wins this year. But. Do you uh, do you have anything else on the Red Sox, Bill, that you'd like to talk to him about? Well, I'm not a huge Red Sox fan, so no. <laughs> oh, I, I had no idea. Um, they, all right, they, well, we <laughs> they knocked us out of our our money ball runs a couple times, so they've always had a. Uh, yeah, but you got a movie yeah. out of it, so I mean, Chip on my what do you, what do you from want them? from them? Yeah. <laughs> it is a good movie. Uh, I guess we'll move on. Um, I didn't. I did not know you were a Suns fan. I obviously assume it's from again back to that era. Yeah. Um, but I mean, talk to us about the Suns, man. How'd you end up a fan, and who 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 are your guys, and who, who, what do you like about them now? I guess two words: Charles Barkley. That was I mean, that course. was it. You know. Um, <laughs> growing up just outside of the border there in West Virginia and Pennsylvania. Uh, you know, Charles was a 76er, right? And so the most right. of that was before my ability to recognize things, right, before he ended up in Phoenix. But um, basketball was my first love, period. Basketball was my first love. Uh, playing it, watching it, the NBA, it was everything, you know. Uh, trading, trade. I didn't trade baseball cards. I trade basketball cards, right? It wasn't football, it was basketball, or it wasn't baseball, it was basketball. And so, like, in the 90s, right, <clears throat> I mean, you had the Chicago Bulls, which were, we were all witness, right? Whether you loved them or hated them at the time, you were all witness to something that you knew was great. And people that loved or didn't like basketball still cared about it, right? I loved basketball. And so I was always simultaneously rooting for and against Michael Jordan, right, because I was a Charles Barkley fan. But uh, I liked Barkley because <laughs> even at a young age, uh, Kyle knew me from fourth grade on. 
uh, I was a large human. Uh, you know, I was, I was, I was a large athletic human. Right. And so that's, that's the way I looked at Charles Barkley was like, uh, he, not that I'm Charles Barkley or anything like that, but I looked at him, I was like, that guy doesn't look like the rest of the NBA, but he's playing better than those other guys in the NBA, you know? And so his attitude also, I don't know if you got any, I don't think it's fully appreciated who Charles Barkley was to the media. If Charles Barkley was playing now with Twitter, with Instagram, he would be the guy in the NBA. He would be the headline every week because of his mouth. And he was that For way. Sure. He was that way in the 90s. And he had this air about him that was Muhammad Ali. And I, and I mean that. Like, he had the confidence, sure. the talk, the clapback that he had with the media and with other players. He was the Muhammad Ali of the NBA in the 90s. Um, and so I love watching him play. Uh, the, the uniforms for the Phoenix Suns were tight back in the 90s. They're bringing those back, too. Yeah, um, right. It's happening everywhere. Right. And so, you know, Kevin, uh, Kevin, KJ and, you know, Dumars, all those guys that played for AC Green, all those guys that played for those 90s Suns team. And then, and then for them to make it to the finals in the fashion they did. And then for, you know, uh, Barkley to have the game he did in the finals against Jordan. He scored, I think he scored like 45 points or something like that. It's like, we're going to do it. Oh, yeah. man, that wasn't no no Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan and so yeah I became a Suns fan just because I liked Charles Barkley and then you know through trading cards I learned everything I could about them from the stats on the back and all that kind of stuff so uh this I like it the new Suns team you know like I had I had phases right of like had the Charles Barkley years right and then we were pretty bad for a while and then Steve Nash shows up right pretty darn yep. good for a while I was in an elevator with Steve Na- Steve Nash and Sean Merriman in, oh, that's Salt, crazy. In Salt Lake City, we were down to play at the University of Utah. And so nice. we're on the elevator, and I'm, I'm in the elevator with my friend Corey Mace. Uh, he actually he went on to win like a bunch of Grey Cups in the CFL. Um, but we're, sitting, we're on the elevator, and so he's Canadian. Corey's Canadian, and Steve Nash is Canadian, right? And so we're on the elevator, and like with the doors open up, and in walks, you know, Sean Merriman and Steve Nash, right? And we're just like, play it cool, play it cool. You know, and like, you know, we're like, just kind of looking around <laughs> like this. And then Corey, Corey's like, uh, hey, man, I'm from Canada too. And Steve Nash looks at him, and he kind of gives him this. He's like, <laughs> and then he gets off the elevator, and that was the end of it. But anyway, um, you know, Steve Nash made the – they were there to play the jazz, I think. But the, the, he makes, you know, uh, the the beautiful game, right, in basketball. Like, he was the assist guy. Um, he changed the NBA, I think. That Suns team changed the NBA. That Suns team was the root, the Nash years. That was the root of the run-and-gun threes that you see yeah. from Golden State. They were at the sure. shot, high shot percentages, right, or volume shooting, Agreed. you know. Um, and then to see the resurgent with Chris Paul, like I love Chris Paul. He's getting up there in age, but him as the facilitator is so fun to watch. DeAndre Aiden coming out of his shell, becoming who he's been in the last couple of years. The whole contract thing was ugly. Um, but I, I feel like watching this Phoenix Suns team is like I'm watching a young and they're not and it's not going to be. It's like I, well, like I'm watching a young iteration of the Spurs teams that were so successful because they had talented point guards that facilitated really well, and they had stretch force that could shoot the ball on the outside. And then they had a big down low that was, you know, getting some boards for them. So they had every facet of the game that I loved in the 90s. And I think they're I the closest that. to that. Well, the, my the team big man is Curry, dead. So I'm, I'm good with the, the running and gunning. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a Magic fan, so I haven't been real thrilled for quite some time. You guys so had we're, some we're not going to talk about we're not gonna. Yeah, we had dope uniforms in the nineties. Uh, we did, we did. Um, we're actually gonna, we're, we're gonna jump. We've we've got pretty long winded. I think we're gonna have to have to have you back on again, Eric. But 
Um, I want I want to give you a chance to talk about shot put and discus because oh. you made it very clear um, how passionate you are about it. Um, um, I mean, I assume it was from doing it um, growing up. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, obviously, you know, I I I did it in high school, and um, there's a part of me that always wondered what what how like where what my my life path would have been like a little bit different if I did that in college because I had the, had the opportunity to do it in college and didn't. Um, but obviously like, I'm not upset with where I'm at, you know what I mean? Like a beautiful wife and kid and getting to do sidelines. That's awesome. You know what I mean? But it did, you know, football had a, had a different effect on my life with, you know, what happened there, but, um, shot put, right. Um, so kids that go off to the track and field team in middle school, uh, get a real rude awakening on who's fast and who's not. Right. (laughs) And so I'll never forget, you know, like I, I, I was like, all right, I'm going to go try this hundred meter, you know, and then seventh grade. Right. And beating a couple of kids but then just being like well that's not gonna work you know and then <laughs> you're over here with the throwers guy get over here you know and and um it's a lot like golf um it's all about form and it's you versus yourself every single time you know you some people you know try to get each other's heads and stuff like that with you know maybe a little trash talking or one guy's yelling or something like that when he's throwing. but you know it's it's you versus yourself and it's form and it's preparation in terms of, um, you know, the weight room, right? So much has to do with that. And so I lost contact with the guys for a really long time, you know. Um, I, you know, I, I vividly remember the last time a shot hit the ground for me in high school in Casper. And then I never picked one up again for a really, really, really long time. And most people probably never do, right, unless they become coaches or something. And uh, I had an affinity for watching the Olympics for it because I was lucky enough to, to get to train a little bit with John Godina, uh, a Wyoming, you know, shot put legend, an Olympic medalist from Cheyenne uh, when I was in high school because uh, of a camp I went to, you know, and that was it. And then uh, my resurgence or like, like how I came back into like following shot put um, during the COVID shutdown, right? I was looking for stuff to do. And so, um, (laughs) I, I, I kind of like fell into some Instagram reels. I don't know if you guys ever do that, but like I fell down a shot put hole and never came out. And so, um, I, I like all of my Instagram followers are basically the shot putters of the world. Right. And we are in undoubtedly, um, the greatest time in professional shot put in history in terms of the number of guys that are at the top. And, you know, if Ryan Krauser, who just broke, uh, Randy's record that stood and he's clean. That's also the big thing is that you see all these shot put records that come from the age of steroids. And so many people thought, you know, these things are never going to be broken because of steroids. And Ryan Krauser um, is one of the most supreme athletes on the planet. He throws a shot put, you know, the guy's six, eight and 320 pounds. And if he was, if he was standing behind me right now, he could kick the top of the door frame. He's that flexible. You know what I mean? Like I've seen him do it. Um, and so he broke a record. He broke the Olympic record. He broke the world record. He broke the indoor record all in the last year. And then in that last year, you have had something like 10 of the last 10 of the top 15 throws in history, all time, mankind uh, have happened in the last 10 years. And they're all clean. You know, these are guys that are taking drug tests and uh, Romani from Brazil and Joe Kovacs, another American, Daryl Hill, another American, um, Tom Walsh uh, from the UK. He's 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 a great because he's unsponsored, and so he wears all these funny shirts and things like that. Um, and so watching these guys go around and compete internationally 
is super fun because one, I love it because they all look like me. <laughs> and so like my wife will watch, she watched the Olympics with me and she's like, no, those are your people. You know, like those, those guys kind of look like <laughs> you, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, um, but it's also like where you, you get to see, uh, there's great variations in athletes there uh, with shot and disc. And David Stahl is a guy that's very close to breaking the world record that again, that came during the Soviet era of, of steroids. Uh, in the discus, right? And this is a guy that's, you know, six, seven, 300 something pounds that's moving so insanely fast in the ring. But at the same time, he's competing against guys that are six foot three, 220 pounds. And so it's a very unique sport in that you have brawn versus speed, and they're both highly, highly, highly competitive. Uh, and then women's shot put is super fun to watch because uh, there's uh, uh, um, a lot of people that still glide versus spin in women's shot put, most of men's. Uh, our glider, our spinners now, there's there's one guy that, um, uh, his name's Warning, last name's Warning, that still does the glide. Uh, but you have this, you know, again, speed in the spin versus the strength of a glider. Uh, in discus, uh, an American won the gold medal on the women's side and broke a, broke a world record. And so, like, one, Americans are dominating, again, on the international stage, which is, like, always cool to see that international competition. Uh, but also, like, it's the future is just crazy right now for, like, the number of people that have a chance to break a world record that nobody ever thought to, thought would be broken. And one other tidbit on that, the high school record for shot put uh, was set by a guy named Michael Carter. And Michael Carter had what maybe was the most perfect throw in history. And his throw is, is, is it's like a Cal Ripken record, guys. I don't think it'll ever be broken. He threw the shot put in high school, something like 85 feet. 85 Holy feet. Cow. And he went on to be an Olympic medalist in the I think he was a silver medalist and he played, I think for the Raiders, but maybe it was San Francisco. He had an NFL career. And then his daughter, Michelle Carter ended up winning the gold medal uh, in the shot put in uh, uh, Beijing. And so like, it was, it was this family affair, but like, if you look up one of the most unbeatable records in history, it would be Michael Carter's shot, but there's video of it. And, you know, he's clean. He was a freak and all those kinds of things, but you know, he threw a high school. I, I, and I threw it in high school. My father's throw was like 58 feet. Homeboy was like, 30 feet yeah, further, than crazy. I, you know, like it's insane. It's insane. So yeah, I like it because it's, it's a, you know, and, and I picked up a shot, put. I bought shoes. I bought a 16 pound shot. And during COVID I started throwing again and I was a glider in high school and then decided like, I'm going to learn how to spin. And I looked like an idiot for about three or four weeks out there at Riverton high school until I kind of got the hang of it. And so it's something that I've done to just like do it for myself to be like, you know, it's, you know, like, it's just like golf. You're practicing a swing or practicing a throw. Can I get better? Sure. Am I going to spend the amount of time in the weight room that these guys do where they're, you know, they're eating 7,000 calories a day and do a deadlift? No. But like you're competing against yourself to find that perfect throw, you know? And so it's a, it's calming. I like it. uh, Golf for me is anything but calming, but. Uh, It it stood out to me when I, when when I was messaging you and you told me about it, because I mean, I, I watched my brother do it when he was in high school. I mean, that's really my only exposure to it, but. Um, I always thought it was fun to watch. So I like that there are, you know, I guess it's changing, which is awesome too, but you know, lesser known sports that still, you know, have, they're still generating fans and things like that. It's people get so caught up in your top, you know, three or four sports that there, there's countless sports out there sure. that, um, you know, it's nice to talk about that kind of stuff too. Um, but I think I think that brings us to our end here. Um, I just we really want to thank you for taking the time to even talk to us. Yeah, man, um, I've enjoyed I, it thoroughly. You got a busy schedule. I'd love to have you back on. Um, you know, at some point when your schedule permits. Uh, yeah, 
I, I could definitely tell that you um, you're a lot like us. We could you get us going and you can talk about things for days. So you're, you're the right kind of guest we're looking for. Um, I just really appreciate you coming on and hopefully we can do it again. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly guys. And um, like I said, it's, it's a, it's a, a fun thing for me because you know, I'm not the fanatic and you guys are right. You know? And so I have my opinions and thoughts and, and ideas on things and it's cool to kind of bounce back and forth with guys that are, you know, you guys are the diehards. You know what I mean? So it's it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. I'm, I'm glad. glad. appreciate you coming on. Like Kyle said, maybe towards the end of the season or something, we can get you back on and maybe do a season recap or something like that. Sure. For, yeah, for I'd love to do that, guys. Athletic, so. yeah. All right. Thank you again, Eric, for the listeners. Thank you for, for following along. Uh, we'll get this out shortly. Hello?